Hello, welcome to the Step by Step Sermon Podcast. I am Andrew Bird Harris. I'd like to thank you for listening. You can learn more about this podcast by visiting stepbystepsermons.com. The sermon you're about to listen to is preached at Thompson Town United Methodist Church. You can learn more about Thompson Town United Methodist Church by visiting their website, thompsontownchurch.org. Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, as we meditate on your word and hear your word proclaimed, open up our hearts, open up our minds, and let us hear what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. Amen. Today we're going to look at patience and forgiveness. And there are times where I think I'm really good at being patient. As I talked about a few weeks ago, I rarely get mad. I'm very good at putting myself in other people's shoes. And even when people upset me, or anger me, I often see their point of view and understand where they're coming from. And so I very often am very patient with people because I can appreciate what they're going through even when I don't appreciate how they're acting. And, and, and yet sometimes I also struggle with patience and sometimes I'm patient in ways that are unhealthy. Several years, for several years now, I've led a group of, of United Methodists from our conference down to Washington, D.C. for different uh, seminars to learn about how we as faithful people can respond to issues like racism, poverty, mass incarceration, human trafficking. And as a pastor uh, on, on the trip and the leader of this trip, uh, I, I, I uh, interacted with another pastor one time, and, 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 and he just was driving everyone crazy. Uh, this person has a tendency to drive everyone crazy. And one of the persons on the trip said, you must have a lot of patience because she couldn't appreciate, she could appreciate how hard it was for me not to react to, to different ways that he was driving everyone crazy. But the reality is that I'm not always all that patient. And, and this person that was driving everyone crazy, sometimes he just gets me to a point where I can no longer tolerate it anymore, that, that I've been on several trips with him, I've done many things with him, and sometimes I just respond in embarrassingly, um, embarrassing ways uh, when, when he just drives me crazy. And, and, and it's hard, uh, because 
you can be patient and loving towards people, but you can also be patient where you're just bottling up all that negative emotion. And that's the trouble. Sometimes I'm very lovingly patient towards people, but sometimes I'm just not dealing with how much someone's driving me crazy, and I'm not dealing with all the negative feelings, and I just push them off to the side and push them off to the side. And then I'm patient in a bad way because it just all comes out at once. And, and, and patience is good when you do it for the right reasons, but patience is bad when you do it for the wrong reasons. As, as a church leader, I sometimes wonder if I'm too patient about things that are wrong in the church, that maybe I should be less patient with people and I should call out bad behavior, or I should say, look, we need to start moving in a certain direction, that, that I wait and I wait and I wait, and, and sometimes is it because I don't want to deal with conflict or because I don't want to upset people. And, and so I struggle with patience. I, I usually am a patient person, but you can be patient in the wrong way, and sometimes I am patient in the wrong way. And I know that I'm patient in the wrong way when I start getting impatient with people in my life. Uh, like when I get upset with the dog because it wants to go outside. It's not the dog's fault it needs to go outside. But sometimes if I'm impatient with the dog, I realize something else is going on because I'm being impatient for the wrong reasons. Or when I get impatient with Megan for little reasons, uh, I know that something is, is, is wrong with that I'm, I'm just bottling things up and not being patient in a healthy way. Or when I'm driving and someone does something stupid in front of me, if I get like, upset at that person, then, then, then I realize that, that, that I'm being patient for the wrong reasons. And, and patience is hard. Patience is something that we all struggle with. And, and in the church, I think sometimes we're healthy in the way that we're patient with each other, that, that we recognize in the church we're not all perfect. That we get things wrong, but we often mean well, and so people are often patient with each other in the church. But sometimes we're not patient with each other in the right ways, that, that we let bad behavior slide, or that we don't ever move or do anything because we're just patiently waiting for something to happen. And so we just keep waiting and waiting, and nothing ever happens, and then things get worse and worse in the meantime. And, and patience is not just something I struggle with or the church struggles with. Patience is something that you all struggle with, that, that it's hard sometimes to be patient. That you want something, you desire something, and you pray for it, and you wait for it, and you pray for it, and you wait for it, and it doesn't happen. And in terms of personal relationships, it's hard sometimes to have patience with other people. That they just keep making the same mistakes, or they keep doing the real, the same thing over and over again. And it gets to a point where it's just as hard to be patient with that person. And sometimes when they hurt you, or they do something that slights you, or they just really frustrate you over and over again, it can be really, really hard to be patient with people. And yet our scripture lesson today from Colossians challenges us with an attitude of love to be patient. Just to give you a little bit of context, although if we were in a Bible study, we'd, we'd dig a lot deeper into this first part of the context. Uh, this is a book that has traditionally been ascribed to the Apostle Paul. And the reason it's traditionally ascribed to the Apostle Paul is because at the very beginning of the book it says that the Apostle Paul wrote it. If you went to seminary and you were studying the Bible, uh, your professor would tell you the Apostle Paul did not write it. I'm not going to get into that fight right now. If you are really interested, we can definitely do a Bible study and talk about that. But, but it's a book that maybe was written by the Apostle Paul, maybe wasn't written by the Apostle Paul. But whoever wrote it, whether it was the Apostle Paul or not, definitely thought that they were trying to, to share what the Apostle Paul would say about certain subjects. The author starts this letter, like most of the letters that you find in the New Testament, uh, introducing himself, saying who he is writing to, and then 
giving thanks to God and says that he prays continually for them and and then it, it turns into a hymn that, that, that scholars like the first part of Colossians because there seems to be a hymn as part of the letter. And, and, and whenever you get an early hymn from the church, I guess people excited because we don't have that many that survived. And so we're, we're very interested in how the early church worshipped. And, and then after the hymn and praising Christ and t- talking about what Christ has done for us, the author just keeps telling us what we need to do a lot, and what not to do, a lot of what not to do. A lot of exhortations, a lot of commands, a lot of things to say, do this, don't do that. And in the midst of all these things of saying, don't do this and do that, we get to more of things of don't do this and do that in today's scripture lesson. The author uses a very interesting image, a powerful image for us to think about in, in our lesson today. The idea that we can clothe ourselves with things like compassion with kindness, with humility, with meekness, and, and patience, and also love. That, 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 that it should be like our clothes, the way we act in the world, that when people see us, you can say, oh, that's a red shirt. They should be able to see us and say, oh, that's a loving person, or that's a meek person, or that's a person that's kind or, or is humble. And, 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 and the author is encouraging them. To put on these, these clothes of this way of being in the world because it's how the church functions best when we live into these ideals. And, and when there's problems in the church and, and, and putting on these clothes of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience and love are not enough. Uh, they, they need to forgive each other. The author challenges them that when you have trouble, when you fight, you need to forgive each other Jesus has forgiven you, and so you need to forgive each other. And then the, the, the powerful image after the passage on forgiveness is we need to clothe ourselves in love. That love binds us all together. Love creates perfect harmony. And for us to be the church, we need to clothe ourselves most of all in love. And if we do this, the author then says that they should let the peace of Christ rule in their hearts. That as members of the body of Christ, as a church... They are called to live in peace with one another. The author then tells them that they should be thankful, that that the word of Christ should dwell richly in them, and that they should teach each other and counsel each other with wisdom, presumably from God. He encourages them then to, to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Whatever they do in word or in deed, they should do everything. In the name of Jesus. And that's a powerful thing to think about in a way to live in the world where everything you do and everything you say, you do in the name of Jesus. If we use that as our standard for living in the world, we all probably would live a little bit differently than we do. And I could spend all day on this passage of scripture. There are so many good and powerful passage pieces of advice and powerful ideas in this scripture passage. But what I want to focus on in particular is this idea of clothing ourselves and forgiving each other. The author tells them that they need to clothe themselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with meekness, and with patience. And that whenever there's strife, whenever there's trouble, whenever they hurt each other, they need to forgive because God has forgiven them. And foremost, I think what ties all this together is that we're supposed to clothe ourselves in love. And that when we do this, 
We can live the way God is calling us to live. We can live in peace with one another. We can let Christ rule in our hearts. We can be ambassadors for Christ, doing everything in the name of Christ, if we follow this author's advice. The author wants them to be a peaceful Christian community where they live in perfect harmony. And for them to do that, they need to clothe themselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with meekness, with patience, and with love. And they need to, most of all, uh, forgive each other when they're fighting with each other. And, and I'm going to talk about this in terms of posture, because I think posture might be a, a different way to think about this than clothing. But, but at the heart of all of this is we need to have love and patience with each other, and that's what empowers us to forgive each other. And this gets me to the main point of the sermon this morning. A posture of love and patience helps with forgiveness. Now, you might want to know what am I talking about in terms of posture. You might uh, notice on the front of the cover of your bulletin, there's a statue of a child putting books on their head, practicing perfect posture. You, you have that image of, of girls being brought up right that they're supposed to walk straight and have straight backs and have the, the books on their head. And, and, and something I've been thinking about a lot lately is what does it mean to have a position and what does it mean to have a posture? And, and, and I've been thinking a lot about this because we live in a world where we're not agreeing with each other, where we're fighting with each other. And we're living in the United Methodist Church where we're really fighting and disagreeing with each other. And, and, and a lot of it's because some people think they're right and other people think they're right. And we're fighting over positions. But what we're lacking is a posture of love. What we're lacking is a, uh, is a posture of welcome. What we're lacking is a way of being in the world that lets us live together, even in the midst of disagreement. And so I think about this in terms of Jesus, that, that, that in Jesus's day, the Pharisees had a lot of positions that you need to do this, that you should avoid that. And they often alienated and isolated people because of their positions, that you're not good enough, or you're a sinner, or you're doing the wrong things because you aren't doing what we're doing. And Jesus comes around, and he comes with a posture of love, that he comes with arms open, welcoming the people that the rest of society would not welcome, loving people that the rest of society would not love. And instead of telling people they were wrong, he told people they were loved. And the people he did tell were wrong were the people of positions. He had a posture of love, of open arms, of welcome, not of wagging fingers, not of closing his arms to people, not of turning away or shining, but a posture of love. And in the meantime, the Pharisees and the people that opposed Jesus, they had postures of closed arms. They had postures of having their nose up in the air. They had postures where they focused on themselves and not the people outside God's beloved community. And, and the challenge then is for us in life is to have postures more than we have positions and to be more concerned about the way we're approaching people than our positions about people. And, and it reminds me of what the Apostle Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, about faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope are postures in the world, and love is a way of being in the world. And the challenge for us is to have a posture of love. And if we as a church can have a posture of patience and of love and patience, that helps us forgive people, especially when people are hard to forgive. And I want to talk about this first in terms of the church. And then in terms of individuals. And the reason I want to talk about it in terms of the church is this passage of scripture is particularly written for the church. That we as a church need to clothe ourselves with love 
and we need to be patient, and we need to forgive people, and that we cannot let conflict reign, that when we fight with each other, or we get upset at each other, we have to step back and say, we're fighting about positions. What should be our posture? And our posture should not be one of hostility, not one of winning and losing, but one of welcome and praise. That I might not agree with you, but I love you. I might not like what you've done, but I care for you. And that we should be having a position of love and patience. And that helps us forgive each other, even when we're hard to live with each other. And for us as a church, this is a gift to the world, that when we can have this love and patience and forgive each other, we show the world a different way of being, that postures are more important than positions, and that a posture of patient love can, can really make a big difference in the midst of conflict and in fighting. And as individuals, I think this is helpful too, that as individuals, we may not necessarily be able to forgive everyone. And in every situation, we have to ask ourselves, is it safe for us to be in a relationship with this person? Is it safe for us to be able to forgive this person? But even when we have a hard time forgiving someone, even when they don't ask us to forgive them, we can still have a posture of love and of patience towards them. That for us, our position should always be that when a person comes to us asking for forgiveness, we should be ready to say we're, we accept. Or when someone asks to, to say they're sorry, we should be ready to forgive them. And that we should have a posture of patience and of love towards people. And it's hard. And forgiveness is hard. But that's why we talked about lamenting on the first Sunday. That sometimes we just have to start by lamenting. And as we lament, we pray. We pray that God might open up that person's heart. We pray that God's grace may help them come to a position to realize the anger, that the wrong they have done. And then we patiently wait for them. And we patiently pray for them. And we leave open the possibility of forgiveness. We leave open the possibility that we can reconcile with one another. And that we're always eager and willing and able to try to restore that relationship when they show the initiative and the willingness to do that. And sometimes it takes time. That sometimes we're going to have to pray a really long time. Sometimes we're going to have to have a lot of patience. And oftentimes it's not going to happen the way that we want it to happen. But we need to have a posture of love and patience. And that creates the possibility of forgiveness. My invitation for us this week in our prayer time. Is there someone in my life that I need to have a posture of love and patience with? Is there someone who's trying me? Is there someone who's upsetting me? Is there someone that I need to be more loving and more patient with in my life? Or is there a situation where I'm not... Where, where, where I'm not in a good relationship with someone? And do I need to have a, a love and patience towards them, to pray for them, and to be eager and open to the possibility of forgiveness and reconciliation? Because a posture of love and patience helps with forgiveness. Amen.